This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlocks. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. On today's show, the guys talk with David Graham of Code Ninjas. We've got an East Initiative update. The guys are back from FETC. All of that and more up next on EduTech Guys. You're listening to the EduTech Guys, edutechguys.com. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm David Henderson. Hey, I'm Jeff Madlock. Uh, thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in. Uh, we uh, took a little break, actually. No, we took we... a long break. Okay, did. fine. We took a long break. We're not going to soften this one for you. <laughs> we took we... a long break. It, it was a. It was a. Uh, we were. We were. It gone to a conference and just it was just yeah yeah we we didn't get back on the train after we jumped off we had a lot of stuff going down and a lot of interviews at the conference and you know workshops and sessions and uh, lions and tigers and bears. It was just, it was rough. It was rough. It, it was. <laughs> yeah. There was no yellow brick road involved in this one, let me tell you. No, it's just, uh, we've been on the road, we've been doing some stuff, but we're glad to be back and we know you're glad to have us. So reach out to us on the web, google.com, look up Edutech Guys, you're going to find us. And don't forget to visit us at our website, edutechguys.com or on social media. Yes, I've. Had a little caffeine. I don't you, usually you had have, a little something. I, you know, I haven't had caffeine in some time, and I, oh, I have some caffeine. I see that. I just now. realized that's what's wrong with me. I see that now. Yeah, my voice has even changed a little bit. It's like a little bit higher pitched or something. I, I think it's the speed at which things are coming out. It's also raising the octaves. <laughs> I don't know, or octane, one of the two. So there you go. <laughs> uh, we got a great show today. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, about man. Um, I think you're going to really like uh, the David Graham with uh, Code Ninjas and what they have to offer uh, in in the form of uh, education and yeah. uh, programming, and logic learning, well, problem and, solving. And in, in, in addition to all the stuff they're teaching the students that they have or the children that they teach coding to, um, we actually kind of sidetracked him into a conversation about uh, actually franchise opportunities and that kind of stuff. So, you know, hey, even if you're not necessarily uh, interested in Code Ninjas as a place to send your kids, or maybe if you would like to uh, take part in that, I don't know, maybe you'd be interested in uh, joining their 
freaking ever-growing number of centers that they've got around. Yeah. But anyway, either way, it's a, it's a really cool conversation. Yeah, and like I said, uh, we're glad to be back. The caffeine's really kicked in. I'll say that five more times before <laughs> we, we actually jump out to the interview. <laughs> yeah, we were at uh, FETC down in uh, Orlando, and uh, I want to thank... Uh, those folks down there for uh, hooking us up, uh, bring us down there, and also want to thank uh, Southwest Arkansas Education Cooperative who uh, who helped foot the bill to uh, get us down there. And uh, we ended up talking with, uh, I think, just over 60 participants and presenters and vendors. I mean, it was a whole bunch of folks, some folks that uh, we've known for several years, some folks that uh, this is the first time we had a chance some to talk friends. to them. So yeah, some new friends. And then we, we did three sessions, so we had a good time. We went to yeah. uh, Dr. Howie de Blasi. We did a podcasting uh, session with him, and then we did uh, some other ones on Internet of Things. Yeah. And uh, you know, so it was it was a lot of fun, Go, putting stuff in the cloud. Yeah, and so uh, after, uh, that, was, that, that was actually, um, that was a lot of work. <laughs> Yeah, we, we didn't realize what we, we didn't realize what we were into. chomping into when we signed up. Of course, you know it's one of those things where, and and we we learned this a lot from a lot of the people that we talked to. You submit multiple sessions, mm-hmm. hoping they'll pick one, and it sounds like this year. I mean, they picked a ton of the ones that a lot of people were presenting. I mean, we talked to folks who were presenting 10 and 12 sessions. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we were there doing our our interviews and then the three sessions that we had. We had and, to run across literally <laughs> yes. half a mile, maybe a mile. It, I mean, it was the entire length, length of the, of the OCCC. Have you ever been yeah. there? It's, it's massive. It, it's a lot like running through O'Hare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. It was really crazy. <laughs> but, uh, man, we had a great time. And uh, so... And, and uh, we're getting ready to uh, head up to Chicago in a couple of weeks. Um, actually, I guess it's about, what, a week and a half now. Yeah, heading and, to uh, ICE. Yeah, up in uh, Schaumburg, technically. Schaumburg. Yeah, going to head up there and, and take uh, part in the uh, ICE conference that they have up there. Okay, let's get right to the interview because it's a good one. So let's take a listen. Uh, hope you like this. After a quick break, we're going to listen to David Graham with Code Ninjas. We'll be right back. I've been in education for more than 20 years, and I've seen the challenges some students have to face every day, whether it's going to school hungry or not being able to see a doctor when they're sick. These challenges make it hard for kids to focus on learning. Thankfully, Concordia University in Portland is leading the way with their 3 to PhD program that helps to combat students' fears, freeing them to pursue their highest dreams. They're revolutionizing education by creating a holistic model that provides groceries, healthcare, and even clothing to students right there on campus, helping them thrive and helping our communities strengthen and grow. Concordia's College of Education offers online and on-campus programs where students have the opportunity to learn about a more compassionate approach to education and to see how nurturing the whole student can lead to amazing things. To learn more about how you can help students conquer their monsters and achieve their highest dreams, visit cu-portland.edu slash let's conquer. Hashtag nurture, educate, grow. Hey, welcome back to the Edutech guys. We're really excited to have our guest today on the show. We're going to let him tell us who he is and where he's from and all that kind of good stuff. So here we go. Hey guys, David Graham here. I'm from Code Ninjas. Uh, Code Ninjas is the largest and fastest growing uh, kids coding school in the world. Um, we've uh, had a, a good run here. We started about in 2016. Uh, in the last couple of years, uh, we have uh, built up what is about 380 different locations in two countries and in, in U.S. and Canada. 
So uh, fast expansion. And I think what happened there was we hit on a good product at the right time, a great product, great team, great timing kind of thing. I mean, everybody from, you know, Mark Zuckerberg to the guys at Apple to everybody uh, that you talk to says, hey, kids need to learn how to code. The automation is coming. The wave of the future is upon us, you know? Yeah. Uh, some really weird statistics out there like 30, 30, uh, by 3035, I'm, I'm sorry, 2035, um, 30% of the jobs that exist that don't even exist today. Right. So, you know, they're, they're going to be creating this this wealth of new job opportunity for kids and the public education system just isn't doing it. They're not making it to the next step. So that's where we fill in the blank. Um, and a lot of people like the next step would be how do what happens when public education does catch up? Right. I mean, that's what the natural next question is. Sure. And we think that, that we still augment in a better way, because just like math is taught in. Uh, outside of the school and tutoring centers will be the the de facto coding education for the whole family outside of the school. Sure. So that was kind of the idea and why we came to the premise. Um, You know, longer story is I I, I taught adults how to code and they don't listen. So I thought I'd give it a shot with kids. So so you thought you thought adults don't listen. Surely kids are going to listen. You know what I found out? (laughs) It was absolutely right. Yeah. Kids listen a lot better than adults. Well, that is true. I I would give you that. Between like seven and 14 years old. uh, I I always say anybody over 14 and anybody under six or seven um, doesn't listen anymore because they think they know everything. But there's a sweet spot right there in the middle before they become a teenager where they just soak it up. They become just immersed in knowledge gaining. And it's a fun, fun time. Yeah. Um, you can say, you know what? The sky is blue to a kid. And they're like, yeah, sky is blue. You sell that to an adult and they're like, well, you know, at mid, at, you know, at dusk, it's kind of reddish orange. Right. It depends on what time of day. So we've been programmed over time to be critical thinkers, right? And that's great. But kids need that, that one little time in their life, learn some great stuff. And I think that's what we do so well. Well, so since you've since you've kind of danced all around it, is that the primary focus of the age group of when you're talking about coding for kids, you're talking about that particular age range? That's correct. So we, we definitely started out in a seven to fourteen age bracket. What I what I felt like and I told all of our franchisees is let's be amazing at that. Let's let's get our communities involved, let's go into schools, let's go into um, you know, youth group organizations, your churches, your whatever, your libraries in your local market and be the de facto place that you go to bring your kids seven to 14. Then if everybody wants to learn, we're the place to go. So we've already built the trust in the communities. And that's why this year we're actually going to be introducing a 14 and over program as well for called Codemasters. Wow. Cool. Well, so along those lines, um, one of the things that, that I kind of run into um, just working with educators, and, and uh, you may or may not know, uh, Arkansas's governor has made a huge push for coding in the state of Arkansas. Um, and one of the things that, that I have found that's kind of interesting to me is um, folks seem to tend to uh, aim their curriculum toward an age level or a grade level rather than the actual know-how level. Um, that is, so just because a student is, say, 17, 16 or 17, that doesn't automatically mean, oh, well, we can throw them into Python. They know what they're doing. Yeah, I think some of that is just going to go to cognitive abilities. You know, 
especially in video game development, which was what we focus on to keep kids engaged. They, mm -hmm. they build their own games. And that's kind of, I think, a similar MO for most people that teach kids is that keep them involved and keep them in doing something they want to do. There's some petty math in there. You know, oh, I don't yeah. remember the last time I took a, you know, dot matrix problem and, and graphed it out on the board, but three-dimensional ray casting and stuff, it gets kind of crazy. So um, there's a certain amount of just pure empirical knowledge horsepower that you need kind of to get the job done. Mm -hmm. And then so the, then there's some stuff that we can obfuscate from the kids and, and you give them some tools to make it look like they're doing the whole job and we're doing it on the back end. So I, I think you do have to di kind of dissect your target a little more acutely because in computer science, you get very, very heady, very quick, right? I mean, sure. it's, it's a pretty deep topic. And we want to, you know, we don't want to be superficial. I, I don't want these guys to be, um, you know, an inch deep and a mile wide. I, I want them to go full in, into the deep end of the pool eventually, but we got to walk them step by step. And I think that's what, you know, our program, our drop-in program goes from white belt to black belt. And I think that naturally kind of, everybody knows what that is, right? As I'm saying it, you're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah right, like, exactly, yeah. Everybody knows what that means. So you can start out as an eight-year-old and take a few years, and by the time you're 12 or 13 years old, you've you've your advancement, your horsepower has been revved up, and then we can get into some really cool topics. And you had fun the whole time. Right. You get what I mean? Yeah. So oh, I, think, yeah. I think there definitely is a discipline where you have to um, slow it down where it needs to be slowed down, but still hit the great logical topics. So it's also like you, you mentioned Python. It's a very popular term. You know, if you'd ask that if you if somebody had said what's the best language to learn ten years ago, they'd have said Ruby. Mm -hmm. But nobody talks about Ruby anymore. It's you know, off the rails. I mean, so there's always a fad <laughs> language out there or something that's on the top of your yeah. mind. Yeah. Um, and, but what you gotta realize is we're not teaching kids a language. Right. Right. Teaching them how to think. Yeah. And that's a much more powerful, and, you know, it's like the adage of teach a man a fish kind of thing or whatever. Yep. You know, that we're teaching them how to think and solve logic problems using a tool called programming. Mm -hmm. right. you, know, you know, I, I never heard anybody, uh, uh, um, you know, a carpenter say, man, I got to start using a hammer more often. Right. Yes, exactly. You know, right. it's like yes. hammers are for a specific thing. You don't go walking around looking for nails. You know, when I have a nail, I need the hammer. So. And it's exactly the same thing. Python is great for specific purposes, but in general, it's just a tool. Right. right? Absolutely. Yeah. As is the myriad of other languages oh, out there. Every yeah. every language. Yeah. yeah. Every language. Yeah. So I'm going to run back to some of you're talking about white belt to black belt. Let's talk about the pace you see in these kids. It's much greater, isn't it? I mean, the the the, the speed that you can run through this. How quick do you are you guys seeing? Because you're seeing this data. Um, are you seeing them moving at a much quicker pace and learning uh, problem solving? You know, I like to, I like to think of that's what that's that's what you're 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 training kids to do. Be a problem solver. That's exactly what we do. Uh, and we want to do it in a fun way. It's right. called like chocolate covered broccoli or something. You know, they, you know, now that I've said that out loud, it's yeah. not very. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. I you, but you might want to work on your analogies. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. Something like that. There you go. Uh, they, they, um, so, you know, yes, they, they definitely advance, but we, we geared our program so that every belt takes about three months. Okay. So, so we may reiterate over the same topics through some of the belts, but we change the tool. And that's part of the cool thing is where you remember how you thought to learn back in white belt using blocks and we were just dragging and dropping. It's the same things, except now you need to use the keyboard. Okay. 
you know, and the mouse. Yeah. And believe it or not, you would think, oh, kids today, they know how to use a computer. It's absolutely false. Oh, yeah. No. Because the kids today were the iPad generation. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my son has asked me numerous times, and he's a very bright kid, what kind of lap and what kind of tablet did you have when you were a kid, Dad? I'm like, dude, the iPad came out the year before you were born. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they don't get it. You know, he's yeah. 12 years old. He still doesn't understand. Like there was a time before touchpads. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I tell kids uh, all the time I had a big chief tablet. The, so the concepts of using the keyboard because programmers use keyboards is is a big step. Yeah. Right. And then they they find all the weird characters in there too because programmers are are nerdy like that. We used every key <laughs> on the keyboard and plus the shift key. So, yes, so the yes. cool thing about Code Ninjas is, is that a parent can go right now and sign their kids up to, you know, uh, to 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 do this, but individually. Um, what do you guys offer in the form of uh, for for education entities that say we want to offer this in school as a, as a class? Yeah, so that's on a location by location basis. But what we effectively do is we can run a series of one week camps where the topic changes every week. Um, up to about 12 to 15 weeks, depending oh. on um, the school district and everything. Uh -huh. And some of the school districts, you know, are year round, and that works out real well. So we can do like nine week increments, like they're nine weeks on and then a few weeks off and that kind of thing. Yeah. Works out really well. Um, and that's going to be an after school environment typically. Mm -hmm. uh, I will say that we just got approved for Code Ninjas Cares, which is our nonprofit arm. So we can do a lot more in schools that require nonprofits now mm -hmm. than we could before. And yeah. so we're going to be building up that aspect of our our just that that nonprofit which is a you know a foundation dedicated to kids learning more to code and, and doing it through um, whatever means possible if we got to go pick them up and bring them to the school if we got to whatever we've got to do feed them yeah. um, that's what we're gonna do um, and so yes the schools can have a huge opportunity I mean why rewrite your own curriculum why why take a chance on some third party that you've never heard of uh, bringing in a curriculum and implementing it when you have a local community-based guy that's not going anywhere. We've got a retail center down the street from your school. You know where to find us. We can come in your school and offer a superior world-class product uh, to teach your kids right there at your location. Well, and you actually just you, you just mentioned a piece that that was it's been kind of rattling around in my brain as you've been talking about this. Um, this opportunity for districts or, or other community organizations that want to offer this, um, they would have to be in a community where there is actually a Code Ninjas, as you mentioned, retail spot. Yeah. So we have about 100 open. So every major metropolitan area has one, at least one, uh, the top 40. Um, most of the big ones, like I'm in Houston, we have about six open here now. Mm -hmm. um, in Dallas, it's going to be a well-dotted map as well. Mm -hmm. You know, the big, big cities, you're, you're not going to have a problem finding one pretty close. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, we do need to have a location because being part of the community means you're in the community, right? Sure, I mean, that's, sure. And that's what we want to do. So, yeah, that, so that brings us to the franchising concepts you guys have, you know, of making yeah. that happen. So you're actively looking for... Uh, people to open these retail spots for you, right? That's absolutely the case. Yeah, we've done a really great job so far of, of finding people. And like I said, it was the right product, right time kind of thing. And I got a great team, yeah. um, but we're definitely expanding. We feel like there's going to be another hundred opening this year. We've already that's already on the books, leases signed, kind of thing. Um, we we want to get up to about 600, 700 in the United States, and probably another hundred to 150 in Canada in the next yeah. couple of years. 
So that is awesome. So if so, I'm curious. What are the type of folks that you look for? You know, you are yes, you're teaching coding, but you are teaching coding to students. You you are educators. You are teachers. So what are the kind of folks that you look for? Who maybe they're the franchisee, you know, owner. Maybe they're not. Maybe they are the uh, you know one of the instructors who work for there. I'm not exactly sure how your how your system works, but what are the what are some of the qualifications? What are some of the things you look for when you are looking for folks to kind of fill these positions and and grow your franchise, those kinds of things? Yeah, somebody, I mean, it's real simple. Somebody that can follow a plan. If you if, if you wanted to have your own business, we recommend you go start your own business. If you can't follow our plan, which has been proven over a hundred times to be successful, then, then it's just not for you. You know, I mean, so the number one way that franchisees fail in the world, and the F word around here fail is not one that we say lightly. Sure. If, well, number one way they fail around um, in, in any industry is that they don't follow the model. Mm-hmm. And so that's the number one thing we look for. Are you are you smart enough to understand what you don't know? Mm-hmm. You know, did you are you going to get out of your own way of your own ego and your own way of doing things? That said, the most successful people within our brand build their own brand underneath us. So that is to say they become such a big part of their community that the people within their organization locally know them as, as its own thing, sure. right? I mean, you can look at uh, Jesus and Jorge down in uh, Austin, in, uh, San, in Austin, yeah. And they're doing a great job because everybody in their community knows Jesus and Jorge as the Apple guys that became franchisees that now have a Code Ninjas, but their Code Ninjas is very unique to them, sure. right? They have all the same furniture, they have all the same pictures, they do the same curriculum, but the, the touch, the flair that they put into it, the passion that they put into it is completely theirs. And that, I, that's what we look for. We look for something that comes with their own batteries, that brings their own energy to a passion project, but also has the capacity to actually get it done. Right. That's awesome. Right. So yeah. do, do you look for people who already have uh, a deep understanding and or background in coding, or that's not necessarily... At the top of the list, it is not. It is not actually a requirement. Um, we teach you everything you need to know, and let, let's put it another way. Right now, we only teach kids. So, what's easy for a se- what's hard for a seven-year-old is easy for a 17, 27, 37-year-old. I mean, what we're not making software engineers here is what right. I'm trying to say. Sure. Okay, we're teaching logic skills and problem solving to right. kids. Mm-hmm. So you can read the material as they go through it. And as long as you stay a little bit ahead of them, you're good. You know? I mean, that's just the way it is. It's a little bit easier than Ikea drawings. You know, it's like just anybody can basically do it. Right. But that that's not to say it's not valuable. It's, it is. Um, so I, I don't think that's a requirement. Obviously, if you're a software engineer and you're going to get in here and add value to our organization, we would love to have you. Sure, sure, I mean, sure. Obvious, that's an obvious leg up. Uh, you didn't have to read through the material first. You know. So let's talk about the natural progression of, of what you guys do. Uh, what's coming up? What's the next big thing that's about to happen for you guys? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff on the agenda right now. I mean, Codemasters, as I mentioned earlier, is uh-huh. a program that we're going to be offering to um, uh, parents, uh, teachers, um, in a B2B kind of environment, too, for continuing education and using our facilities during the day for that. So that's a huge growth opportunity just from a business perspective. We have a, a classroom basically sitting empty for half a day until the kids get out of school. So we got to use that, use our resources accordingly. Um, so that's a huge deal. 
Um, we're also offering reciprocity this year, which means if you sign up here in Pearland, Texas, you can go in Wisconsin or wherever you want to go or Arkansas, wherever, wherever yeah. the case may be. Yeah. So, um, and so that, that helps a lot of people. There's a lot of split families. Just in my little block, um, there's a kid that there's two different kids, actually, and two different families that live in our community two weeks on and two weeks off. They you know go between mom and dad. Sure. Well, they live all the way across town. If he really wanted to do Code Ninjas, it would be difficult for him because, you know, he's two weeks on and two weeks off. You know, sure. so if he was mobilized only to Beerland and he couldn't go over to Katy or wherever mm-hmm. across town, it becomes a, a challenge. So now we're given that opportunity. That's a big deal. Yeah, that's huge. That Yeah, so, that's a very big deal. So, you know, it's really interesting. It You know, the the build out that I see for you guys in the future, we, we are in the the point in this country where we grew up where you had to go to college, got to go to college, got to go to college, got to go to college. You don't have to go to college anymore. You know, this is the point where certifications and things like that fall into place. Do you see Code Ninjas as you build out? Because you're you're training these kids young as they as they graduate to the next level, as they move past Black Belt to, you know, Stealth Ninja yeah. and whatever else comes after that. Do you guys see, see yourselves building out the ability to let kids not only uh, get the training and certifications they need, but even job placement in, in, for, from you guys, helping them with that kind of stuff. So we do have to mind our our red tape a little bit. Sure, sure. programs are called career schools in the United States. Mm-hmm. That was a previous company that I built. Um, it was a career school. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of red tape around that. So right now we're not saying we're not a vocational program. Okay. Sure. It's, not, it's not part of our deal. That said, as far as traditional education concerns is concerned, Obviously, that promise has been broken to a large extent. Mm-hmm. You know, you have 50% of people graduating and not being able to find a job in their desired fields. Yep. Right. So that promise of going in, you know, for underwater basket weaving and then finding a job after you get out for that, it, it didn't work out like we'd hoped, right? Right. So there's going to have to be some kind of competitive landscape for education in that market that does work. Mm-hmm. And w- will we fill that gap? I, you know, I went to school for eight years in college. Uh, a lot of people call themselves doctors after that. I didn't actually graduate. I, I was confused. I went for biology for a ton of time, and then I went to computer science. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are like me, though. You know, they, they call themselves, uh, you know, Bill Gates and stuff. But, you know, who right, right. Yeah. Uh, right. we found jobs. We found that our proclivities in, in, in life are good enough. Our, our abilities in programming were good enough to go get a job and why would I go spend another 14 grand for a year of education when I didn't need to? Yeah. yeah. So I, I think this particular industry very specifically leads itself. It lends itself to that a lot better because basically there's, you know, the, the what is the unemployment rate right in the nation? 3.5% or mm-hmm. something like that. Right. In programming, it's less than half a percent. Like if you're a viable programmer, you basically, have to be trying not to work. That's exactly right. right. You can walk out of a job into a new job. And yeah. So with that kind of tight market, they're accepting more and more, let's say, non-traditional education sources. Sure. And yeah. I think that's definitely a path, and we're going to see more and more of that because you know there's going to be millions of programmer jobs that are sitting empty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I love the fact that you guys are, are teaching logic. You're teaching problem solving because you're you're these are the kids that are going to take us to Mars. These are the kids that are going to build the next greatest thing that we're all going to have in our hands every day. Yeah, these are those kids. Well, yeah. and, and the other side of that is, let's. I, I have no idea. You know, you've been doing this since you said what 2016, right? Mm-hmm. So you at this point, given the age range that you deal with, you don't necessarily have longitudinal 
data, I would presume, um, that you could you know, figure out who went on to do what after the fact later. But right. let's just say for the sake of argument that 50% of the students who come through your program never touch coding again. They never touch, it doesn't matter. But right. what you're giving them, though, are those critical thinking skills, the logic skills, those those how do I approach this from multiple angles type skills that, frankly, that's what the companies, you know, when we talk to companies, that's what they're looking for. A lot of companies will tell us, you know, hey, we can teach them the hard stuff, not the, the, the concrete stuff, the tangible stuff. If we have to teach them how to run this particular machine, we can teach them how to run the machine. What we can't teach them is how to be a team player, how to, how to think critically, how to think about what could possibly be a solution to when that machine isn't working. Hmm. And I That's think, right. I, I, to me, those fundamental skills, right, a lot of people call them the 21, you know, first, 21st century C's or whatever, um, you know, those are the kinds of things that I see Code Ninjas as laying the foundation for students yeah. for years to come long after this is a I, distant memory I, I for think them. you're absolutely correct because when we put a group of kids into one of our dojos, we call them dojos, not classrooms. Mm -hmm. We don't have teachers. We have senseis. Mm -hmm. So what you see happen in there is kind of, it's almost like a cathartic situation for the kids because they've been in a traditional education space for so long that they, at first they're just sitting there like very straight up and like very... <laughs> And then they're like looking around and all the other kids are like sharing their projects and what, what the regular world would call cheating. And we're saying, no, I want you to go and share how you did this. Make his game better. You you bring her idea into here. Yeah. Okay. You want to have a unicorn instead of a cat? Fine. You know, right. and so we're giving them the clay to work with to build something so, so out of their own imagination. That's a different thing than what they've been accustomed to. And I, I do think that that's going to transcend what they're you know, whatever field they're going to go. Yeah, with. right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. David, um, if our listeners want to get in touch with you guys and find out more, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, the website is definitely the best way to find out more information about getting your student involved. Um, there's, like I said, all all 100 locations are open and available on the website. Uh, right that now, this month is the best month to do that because we have a free pr month promo going on for the month of February. Um, also, um, if you want more franchising information, there's a very specific link um, called on, on the website. But just go to CodeNinjas.com, and that's the best way to get in touch. Cool. want to give out a shout-out, too, for your Twitter account. It's CodeNinjasHQ, um, Instagram, and Facebook, CodeNinjas. So if you want to find out more, hit the web. You're going to find them. Just type it in Google. I promise you they're probably going to come up at the very first. Good SEO there. Um, David, thank you for coming on the show. We hope to have you back sometime. We can talk more about what you guys have going on. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Hi, I'm April Jackson with your East Update. This week's update highlights East professional development opportunities through EU Education Unleashed. EU is available to all educators at any school and from any grade level. These trainings cover grant writing tips, Google basics and beyond, how to leverage social media in the classroom, and opportunities to connect with TechStart through Facebook's education initiative. If you're interested in customized and engaging professional development opportunities, follow us on social media at The East Initiative or visit our website at eastinitiative.org. 
This week's student composer is Beat by DJ Hubbard with their submission of I Want It All. Thanks, DJ Hubbard. I am April Jackson, and this has been your East Update. Hey, thank you so much to uh, April Jackson and the folks at the East Initiative for uh, filling us in on what's happening, some of the different programs, and uh, I think it's very cool they feature different teachers, students, different things happening with the uh, East Initiative. And as always, get more information, eastinitiative.org. Hey, and we're not far away. Uh, I think we're less than a month now out from the East Conference. Yeah. And uh, we're looking forward to doing some really... exciting stuff coming up with them and more in the future you definitely want to keep up with that one it's uh it's going to be a lot of fun going to the east conference this year and and uh we will definitely show up and show out as they say you know i i never know exactly what you're signing us up for when you sign us up for stuff and uh Yeah, yeah, the East Conference, it's going to be different. (laughs) Anyway, so, hey, thanks for coming on the show today. I think it's been a great one. Um, If you'd ever like to get in touch with us, don't forget you can go to edutechguys, E-D-U-T-E-C-H-G-U-I-S.com. Go down to the bottom of the page, fill it out, or just go on social media. Look us up on Google. You'll find us. We have some good SEO going on there, which stands for Sifting Errands Online. No, I don't know what that stands for. I never. I just say SEO because it sounds funny. That is kind of what I do, though, now that you mention that. (laughs) (laughs) I really hadn't thought of it that way. (laughs) Don't forget to visit us. Let us know what's going on. Keep up with us on social media. Hey, I'm Jeff Madlock. I'm David Henderson. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the EduTech Guys. EduTechGuys.com. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet tier one standards? You You can can do do it it all, all, but but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.